It's interesting as the the session rarely asks me to speak on any given subject, but in fact it happened at our last meeting, a topic came up uh, that I've kind of hinted at this theme that I'm about to speak on for a while now, here and there throughout some of my messages, and it's of the opinion, myself included, that it's time to devote one message to it. And since we're taking a break from Matthew at the moment, we're going to dive back into that very shortly. And we're here at the start of the new year. We got our congregational meeting coming up. This just seems like the ideal time to talk about it. So here we go. We were having this discussion at the session meeting about there's just so many things we want to do at this church. We want to be that doing, giving, working, hands and feet of Christ church. and. Let me just tell you guys up front, it is such a privilege to serve with the people I serve with on session. I mean, these guys are such a pleasure to work with. They just have such a vibrant faith, all of them, and just want to see Christ glorified in this community. It is such a pleasure serving with them. And we're, we're talking about all these things we need to do. And there's this moment where we just kind of look at each other and realize we don't have the resources for all of this. We don't have the human resources to do all the things that we want to do, even though the desire is there. Like we want to be a church ready to welcome young families, but we don't have a nursery, much less um, someone to handle the older children that are more of like my kid's age. And we have similar issues with the readers, the ushers, etc. And... I want to say again up front, I am not naive that this is not a unique problem to our church. I mean, I don't think I've ever attended a fellowship that has had so many people serving and people, every position is filled, everybody is comfortable, the machine is running so smoothly that they're sending people away. I've never attended a church like that. Um, but, But frankly, that complicates the problem. Complicates the question. Why is it that churches of all places are so frequently in need of extra help? Need of more people stepping up and signing up to serve in various places. In fact, it's even got a name. I've heard it referred to as the 80-20 rule. Where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And I've been at church, and frankly, it's not as bad as it could be here. I've attended places that are 90-10. 95.5. That's burnout waiting for a place to happen when it gets to that degree. Why is this? Why does that happen so universally in our culture? Well, I believe a strong part of the answer, and it's a complicated question. I, I know I'm erring on the side of oversimplifying, but I believe it is because we've adopted a consumer mentality of the church and have abandoned viewing ourselves as one body working together, as we just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because that's what we're supposed to be. Jesus' vision for his church is for us to be one body made of many members all working together Using our gifts, seeking one another's betterment for the glory of God. You see a member in need, and you go and you help them in any way that you can. You see a need within the church, and you you step up and fill it out of a mentality of, oh, we're all in this together, and my church needs me. 
And you, and you definitely see that mentality fulfilled in places like Acts chapter 2 that we also just read from, where these early Christians are voluntarily having this mentality of having all things in common. And they are giving to those who have need, having meals in each other's homes, in constant fellowship with one another, praising God together all the time. I mean, and that, that is just beautiful, is it not? I mean, that is the church functioning as one body. I think we can all universally read that text and say, man, I'd love to attend that church. And I know I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself already, but churches like that don't just happen. They happen when the church where you are decides this is who we're going to be. This is how we're going to treat each other. So what is preventing the church in America from becoming like the church in Jerusalem 2,000-something years ago? Well, as I said before, the opposite of the body mentality is a consumer mentality. Now, what do I mean by that? Today, people view the church like it's a product to be consumed as something outside of you that you're participating in, rather than a body that you are a part of and contributing to. I mean, people will walk into the doors of a church with the expectation of being catered to. Like, in the sense of, they will say, this is my seat, and I will sit through your program. And afterwards, if I'm not pleased, I'm going to go to the next place. Or I'm going to go to another church. Or I'll take my take myself elsewhere. And in that sense, we've started to treat our the assembly of believers like it's a fast food joint. Like if there's another place down the road that's better, we're going to go there. Just, 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 because, just because. And let me clarify that actually. Because when you go to a fast food joint, you walk in. You order exactly what you want, and if the tiniest thing is wrong, you complain to the manager. And when they appease you with whatever they give you, when you're done, you just leave your mess behind for someone else to clean up. And as almost almost humorous as that illustration is, it's equally heartbreaking. Because we know that that takes place in the church all the time. Expecting someone else to just clean up your mess. Expecting someone else to take care of everything else for you. That you're just here, I'm going to enjoy my thing, and then I'm going to leave. As if all the other things that are going on here have nothing to do with you. Seeking the church, prim- Seeing the church as something primarily to provide a service to you. And... I just want to say, taking a step back before we take a step forward, it's different if you're checking out a church for the first time. If you're walking in the doors for the first time and seeing, hey, is is this going to be my church? Can I be comfortable here? Am I seeing the love of Christ in this place? Am I hearing the word of God proclaimed in this place? And you're still feeling out of place. That's, That's different. I put that in a different category. But if you say, this is my home, This is my church. These are my people. This is where I worship. It ought not to be a one-way relationship. And to those who view the church that way, I've got a newsflash. The church isn't about you. 
The church is about Jesus Christ. It's his name, his mission, his glory. It's not about your mission, not about your preferences. And God forbid you think it's about your entertainment. That's what Netflix is for. But rather, we are here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to exalt his name, to worship his name, to be encouraged and equipped through his word Sunday by Sunday, to be this community representing God in this region, in this area. And to bring his word into the world that so desperately needs it. As I'm sure you guys have realized, this town still needs Jesus. The work is not yet finished in this town. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed, is everyone in this town a Christian? Are all the churches in this town overflowing because everyone's a Christian? Is the Veritas Center going out of business? Because nobody has drug and alcohol problems anymore. What about the bars? Are they closing? I don't see that. And are the needs of the least of those in our community being readily met? Until we can affirm all of those, church, we still got a mission to do. There's still more work to be done in this city. And we can't disengage from that mission to focus on ourselves. Because being part of a church isn't about being part of, it's not like being part of a pool club where you you pay your membership dues and you become a member and you get access to all these facilities. That's that's not really more like it. It's, It's much more like joining the army, frankly, where you're signing up on a mission to serve your fellow man, to bring glory to God in this area on his mission taking part of his ranks. But yet, while that fits the emotional tone that I want us to resonate with, there's, a, there's another side of that coin that I think is at least as appropriate. It's not even so much about being joining part of the army. It's much more like joining a family, though, isn't it? I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, I, I, I work hard to take care of my family. No, not just economically, I try to be there for their every need as much as I can for my wife and kids, to be there emotionally, physically, spiritually. I want to be there for them in any way that I can. And it's not always convenient. In fact, it's rarely a 50-50 give and take. I think everyone who's ever been married knows that. It's often 25-75 and you don't know which version, which side of that you're on sometimes. And goodness, especially when you have young kids like I do, <laughs> feels like you're just giving all the time. But there are seasons where it's the opposite way. I mean, when I had my back surgery, it was 0% to 100%. Everyone was taking care of me. Because there was nothing else I can do. Other times when my wife is sick, now I'm the one who's cooking, cleaning, taking the kids to school and all of that stuff. And you see how much everyone else is doing for you. And prayerfully someday as I keep pouring into my kids, they'll take care of me someday as I get older. And now you guys might already see where I'm going with this, but churches work the same way. 
It's rarely that, it's not designed to be a 0%, 100% thing where we're just receiving, nor are we just giving, but we're all participating in the work of God together as a family, all doing our part, all fulfilling what God has uniquely called us to do for the family of God this season, wherever we find ourselves in. And yeah, again, it's whether if it's, it's not usually convenient, the ratio is usually way off from 50-50 in our experiences, but we do so because we're committed to each other and we're a family and it's what God has called us to do. In fact, I see three things that bind every family member and every church member together. And I'm going to go through this unfairly fast because this point could be a sermon to itself. But of these three things, the first thing I see is love. Much like families, we are all bound together in love, both for our Lord Jesus Christ and love for one another. Uh, The second thing I see is mission. That the church has a mission given to us by Jesus Christ, the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, as we see in Matthew 28. And so, too, you know, a big thing these days is many families are coming out with their own personal mission statement, defining who we are as a family. What are our priorities? What are we all about? Because like it or not, you have them. And you're functioning based off of some kind of mission statement, whether you realize it or not. It's really a good question. Again, unfairly have to speed through that point. We'll come back to that someday. But the third point is duty. Families and church communities have a duty to one another. And this has been completely forgotten in today's society. That there's no room for duty and personal responsibility in a world that is consumer-driven in its culture. Because then it's all about you, when duty is all about others. That's a problem. And we see this universally in our culture. Guys, that's why so many marriages are falling apart these days. Because there's no sense of duty. As soon as it's gone beyond that 50-50 ratio, and now I'm giving more than I'm getting, I'm out of here, some people think. Because they're not thinking of the duty that they have to their families. What they have signed up for, for better, for worse. For richer, for poor. Some people only signed up for half of that. And that's, it's heartbreaking. And frankly, this is why so many communities as a whole are falling apart because we don't have a duty to our own community anymore. I mean, we see problems going on in our community. We see problems going on in this town. And what do people say these days? Well, that's not my problem. We should get somebody else to take care of that. Oh, somebody should do something about that. But guys, looking around this room, what did we used to say? What did we used to say? We used to say, not in my backyard. That's not going to happen here. Not on my watch. We've lost that. We've lost that. And what is the difference? It's duty. Duty to our fellow man duty to our family, thinking ahead to the next generation rather than thinking about what what is easiest for us now 
And I'm sure you guys can hear the call that I'm calling us to. We can't disengage and we can't forget about the next generation coming up after us. We need to stay involved. There's no such thing as spiritual retirement. That happens when we get to the other side of eternity. Until then, we're still on mission. So John, if this is a national character crisis, this whole loss of duty, what are you talking to us for? Why aren't you writing this in a newspaper article? Why are you talking to us? Well, 1 Peter 4.17 says, It is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. The world is not going to purify itself. The church needs to lead the charge. The church needs to be the one to step up and be the example to the community of what things should look like. Because the world isn't going to figure it out itself. You know, you guys, if you guys were paying attention when we went through Matthew chapter 5 together, you know we're called to be salt and light to our communities. That we're called to be this purifying agent to the world around us. That we're called to live in such a way that the rest of the town would see us and think we're weird. That if, if a person were to walk through this church for the first time, that Things would be so upside down from the way things are, they are used to seeing things that they get vertigo. For them to see the unity that we have, that we're called to have, for them to see the way we take care of one another in whatever thing that we're going through, for, and to see us all taking ownership of the church and stepping up to the call when others are passing at every opportunity they get. And rather than assuming other, someone else will take care of it, they will see it and they will know that God is in our midst. They will see that something is happening here at 150 North Broadway and be curious, okay, how can I, how can I be part of this? How can, I, how can I experience this change? How can I bring this to my family? How can I bring this to my friends? How can I bring this to my coworkers that need this message? And we'll have the opportunity to present it to them. The thing that changes us from the inside out, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we work towards our conclusion this morning, let's remember that it's, it's love, mission, and duty that need to be working together to bring out the best in all of us. Because duty and mission without love will not go far. One could imagine if I were to come home on my wedding anniversary, I got, got some beautiful flowers I could bring home, and I could say, here, honey, look what I got for you. And she says, oh, thank you. What did you do that for? And I'd say, ah, it's duty. It's my duty to bring you flowers on our anniversary. (laughs) Oh, I'm sleeping on the couch that night. And in the same way, duty and love, duty and love won't accomplish much without mission. If we all love each other and we feel this duty to one another, but we don't know what we're doing, you know, we'll have a beautiful interior in this church, but we're not going to be reaching outside the church. So a mission has to be part of this as well to really have an impact. But we need to have all three working together of 
duty, mission, and love at work in each of us as we strive to be the church that God has called us to be. So, guys, let us radically break free from this consumer-driven culture that has so captivated this whole Western culture of ours and has even found its way into churches. Let us be moved by the love of God and love for one another. Let us hold fast to our mission of the Great Commission to this region and let us honor our duties towards one another as the family of God. And let's ask ourselves, what's my niche? What can I contribute uniquely to the family? What has God gifted me with that I can use for God's glory? What work can I come alongside that is already taking place? Who can I help? What, how can I make use of my time for the betterment of others? And let's face it, South Amboy, we of all people ought to know this message. After all, what's our motto? Do you guys know it? Where church feels like home. Where church feels like home. Let us go into this year acting like it. Amen.